Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. to the show today. Nobody asked me that because it's not a professional reason hey, at all hey, why I was we, seven we minutes late. We assume you were just fighting abominable snowmen like Georgia was the other week. Right, hey, hey, right, Brie, yeah. Why are you late to the show? <laughs> um, I was at church. <laughs> Somehow. Wait, are you church. Is that serious? I was worshiping the Lord. No. Um, <laughs> Yo, are God's, Lord, God's Lord and Savior? Yes, because Lord is do you, do you think to yourself when you entered church, do you think, I please don't burn up, burst into flames? Please don't let me burst into flames? Because I think that when I go in. Really? I got to tell you, Georgia, the last time I was at church, I was talking to an older woman that sung in the choir, and I used the word porny just by accident. Like, I just, I'm like, yeah, what? blah, blah, blah. Oh, that was super porny. I can't even oh. believe that. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God. I shouldn't be saying porny as an adjective to like a 70 year old woman that sings in the choir. So I really, I love it. Yeah. I try very hard to control my Georgia Dow language when (laughs) I'm in church. It's just, it's, it's a struggle, Georgia. I got to be straight. That is great. That is great. I love that. That's a great one. I honestly don't think anyone on this show risks being smited by the Lord for walking into a church. I will say my friend just recently had a wedding at um, this beautiful cathedral in, uh, oh goodness, was it Charleston, South Carolina? So um, went to Charleston, South Carolina, and there's this beautiful cathedral. And while I didn't worry that the Lord was going to smite me, I was a little worried about the like priest and anyone else who was up you know, in, in their, in their garb. And like, as Shane and I walked in together, not only are we a mixed couple, but we're a safe sex couple. And I was like, Oh goodness, maybe we shouldn't stand too close. This place is scaring me, but it was, uh, it was fine. It was okay. (laughs) This is what's great about Massachusetts. Like you go by a church here and like, I swear to God, this is true. Like I was uh, passing a Presbyterian church this week and you're like, we're Presbyterians. We're like the frozen chosen. Like we are super, stiff people, as I'm sure you can tell on this show by my demeanor. And it's got like uh, a rainbow just underneath the sign. Like they printed a rainbow to say gay people are welcome here. And then the church across the street is like uh, Black Lives Matter just right there on the sign. And I'm like, yeah, Massachusetts is awesome. But I'll tell you, Mike, if that priest gets in your face, you go, hey, George Dalit, you just back off. Just just lay it on him. <laughs> just say it. He will be so confused by that. He will leave you alone. I'll be okay. I'll <laughs> be okay. Oh, man. <laughs> so how's everybody doing? I feel so good today. It's been great reading the news. I'm just yeah. so uplifted. Very, very uplifting. Very inspiring, really. I actually had a moment last night where I broke out into a bunch of curse words. Just like I was just standing there by myself and I had like turned on the TV to watch um, something uplifting, which usually means I watch The Office. Um, And I was just thinking about 
the spectacle of a spectacle um, uh, that was the press conference to follow the the news uh, that came out of um, well that came from BuzzFeed frankly uh, about some th- some alleged things that uh, our president-elect had done while he was in Russia. And I just let out the stream of curse words as I thought how I still, like, how did this person get into the position that they're in and how did we let this happen? And, you know, it, it we're past that now. It happened and we're here. But I still do have moments where it's like, you know, there are still a lot of people out there um, and probably even members within my family who are just completely okay with what's going on right now. And that is a little flabbergasting to me. And it makes me um, a little wary and concerned about the dissemination of information in the country uh, more than anything else, because you have so many, um, you know, cognitive dissonance. It's just this huge thing that is such an issue among all of us. And I, you know, I compared it. I don't know if you've ever seen Deep Space Nine, and for the listeners out there, but the Bajoran scientists to try and get the changelings when they're babies to like move around and actually start to take shape, they will put, they will like light some electricity into the petri dish and then they move to an area where there's no electricity. And that's like cognitive dissonance in the sense that we're in this area that makes us uncomfortable. So we move to the area that makes us comfortable. And that's where people tell us the things that we want to hear and the things that, you know, make us feel good about the beliefs and the viewpoints that we are have. And I think that that like we are changelings in the sense that a lot of the times, anytime some like stuff comes up that kind of challenges what we believe in, then we just kind of turn away from it and look the other way. And I see that happening with information. And so I think a lot of people still don't even know some of the stuff that's going on and the less alleged, more truthful stuff about what uh, our president elect has been involved in and his, you know, communication or at least his team's communication with Russia. So, yeah, a cognitive dissonance. Georgia, can you, like, make that go away, please? Sorry, Micah, I wasn't listening. <laughs> she doesn't want to hear what you have to say, Micah. Typical liberal whining about the weather while the working man shovels it. <laughs> oh, golly. Uh, no, but seriously, how, how, do I, how do I communicate with someone who refuses, you know, even if it's like a, it seems to me at least to be a non-biased thing. It's just like, this is fact. And they say, that's not true. And you say, why? And you, they just say, because that's not true. And you know it to be true because it's literally just fact. There's no tie of any sort of bias to it. It's just fact. How do I communicate? Like, do you understand that why you are saying that this is not real is because it disagrees with your point of view? Is there any way to get through cognitive dissonance? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, there's there's a really cool method um, that Socrates used to actually win arguments, and I, I'm not I'm not actually going to go through the entire way that he does it because I will butcher it. So I apologize to that. Um, but the way that he does it is that the first thing he does is he he like says something like, oh, well, you know, he re-repeats the argument they have, like, you know, oh, um, you know, no, of, of course women shouldn't be uh, working in the workforce. You know, why, why would they be allowed to wear shoes? And then, then after he says, you know, hmm, you know, but, you know, then what happens if, you know, 
you can't work. So then he asks questions and makes the other person have to argue their own argument against them. And it's kind of interesting because it actually goes against, you can't, you can't get stuck in your own cognitive dissonance when you think the other person agrees with you, but asks this question from your Uh point of view to it. And so it's pretty cool. And that's one way to deal with it. But usually you're so upset that someone else believes something, something that you fully believe is not accurate, that it's very difficult to be able to use this method because it takes analytical thought versus emotional reasoning. And usually when you're upset, especially about things that you believe in very strongly, your analytical part of your brain is kind of like out the window. And so you wouldn't be able to deal with that. But starting from the place where they are, if you actually have a family member and you want to deal with that is a really great way to be able to have them question their own beliefs and see where they are with it. I, I have a different opinion. So, you know, I, Mike, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. Um, but sometimes in life, you're going to find people that just have a, a, a different way of thinking about it. And I, I don't I disagree can, with that. Okay. Well, well, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I, I think it's a bunch of, a uh, bunch of, uh, yeah, I got nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was going to say is, you know, sometimes be really serious. Like I was on my way to a uh, television studio two days ago, and my Uber driver is a really hardcore Trump person. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm stuck in the car with this woman for 30 minutes. And, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I it's no good arguing with her. It's mm-hmm. not going to get either of us anywhere. It's just going to bring this animosity. So what I try to do is just find stuff that we agree on because I can't change everyone's mind. And I don't need to. Something I do a lot is, uh, you know, there are feminists out there that feel very strongly that, uh, you know, certain points of view should not, you know, be necessarily in, in you know, journalistic reports or, you know, like they spend a lot of time worrying that the other side should not be represented. I don't sweat that. I, I really concentrate on arguing my own points of view. I think the best arguments ultimately win. And I, I think ultimately Trump is going to destroy himself. Uh, you know, so I, I just don't think it's productive and I don't do it. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I especially agree that while I was in uh, Las Vegas, I was so one of my colleagues from Canada came down uh, to for CES and we were in an Uber and the man uh, who was driving us around was kind of talking and he starts talking about he asked like what I used to do or what I do and everything and I explained that I used to be kind of like a, a normal journalist and that I became just a specifically a tech journalist and he's talking about the things that he thinks are you know the real journalists in the United States and was talking about he named some person whose name I forget and said that it was uh, he's sometimes labeled a conspiracy theorist, at which point he started to talk about how um, the, and I quote, the Obamas and the Clintons are tied up in some, you know, something, at which point I realized, okay, this is, you know, this is where this guy is coming from. And yeah, in that situation, A, I'm in the back of this person's car and there's nothing that I can do other than be in the back of this person's car. I guess I could get out. Um, So I just let that, you know, go. That, you know, I tried to understand, I guess, where he was coming from, but I think when it comes to uh, people who you know you're closer to and people you're probably going to see more than once, yes, that hopefully is an area where you know you can come to somebody and say, let's kind of go over this and let's talk about this. And have you heard about this? Because to me, it's the most frustrating thing 
um, and perhaps this is just something I have to deal with eventually, is like when you know that something is just plain and pure fact, still like no one, you know, the person will not believe it. And it's simply just because they're so strong in their beliefs, like they aren't capable of understanding that something is just plain and pure fact. Um, and in most cases, in the past is just like, okay, time to be done. But I was curious if there is some way to get past that cognitive dissonance. And sounds like I need to call up my good friend Socrates and uh, have a conversation. So uh, I appreciate the the tips there, Georgia, on uh, the Socratic method. I, I have another Greek person, or not Greek person, ancient person, not ancient, classical person I'd like to bring up, Galileo. You know, I was talking about this the other day on Twitter. Galileo uh, believed in, you know, he was talking uh, about heliocentrism, right? Like the, the earth revolves around the sun uh, and not vice versa, right? So uh, the church didn't like that he was saying that, and they brought him up on a, a trial, and Galileo was very, very certain he would run to his trial, and he would bring out his mathematics, his formulas, and he would show it with reason, and that would win the day. And you got his... But handed to him. He lived for yeah, the rest of his life. And it didn't. It didn't. He lived yeah. for the rest of his life in his house. Uh, he eventually died of some, you know, things that I think you could see as preventable and only occasionally took visitors and kind of lived the rest of his life in a miserable existence, cool. uh, distanced from humanity. He was very much classical liberal and thought reason would win the day. Our brains don't work like that. Our brains work like stories. You know, we are built uh, on a psychological level to put stories together. So, you know, sitting there and going like, look, we've, we've had Steve back me up here. We've had hard discussions on this show about fact checking and holding this show to high standards. And we take that seriously, but it's a mistake to believe that just reason is going to connect with people. It's just not the way things work. You know, there's also a battle over, you know, what's considered actual news and, and dividing news sources into like real news and fake news and fake news is gone from stuff that's literally made up to stuff that you don't want to listen to or you don't agree with the storyline of the past week is that anyone anything that's reported that someone doesn't agree with now is being labeled fake news and like cnn for whatever you may think of them is not just making stuff up and putting it on the air but that's what's being said about them no but steve they're they're fake news though the, yeah, that, that's their their news is not real. Same as uh, the there was a tweet that that Steve shared that I think was very poignant in the moment, uh, where it just was like a conversation. And so the landlord says, "Your rent is due next week or next month or whatever," and then the person says, "That's fake news." <laughs> and so it's anything that brings you again discomfort that you don't want to hear is suddenly fake news. That's not how it works. And yes, I mean ultimately, Bree. I mean, this is, again, this is how this person is in power, and this is how, you know, so many people can agree with what he says and what, you know, his team disseminates is because you're so dead on. Our brains aren't look, many of our brains aren't looking for the base fact. We're looking for that emotion and that story and putting those things together, and that is more important than anything else. And Lord have mercy, are we uh, going to be paying for it? Which is what Lynn's leads to me at like two in the morning having a curse fest as I'm just trying to watch The Office because I'm going, how is this happening? And thinking about uh, the space that Georgia will allot me in her VR room that I can sleep in whenever I need to move to Canada. 
<laughs> just try to remember that first commandment, though, Micah. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Like, come on, just keep that, <laughs> keep that, keep that language in check, okay? It must have been really frightening watching you like screaming "G golly" at the top of your lungs at two right. o'clock in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> G golly. Yes, you, you all know yeah. me so well that uh, there are no actual curse words that come out of my mouth. Fiddlesticks. Uh, <laughs> Applesauce. Fiddlesticks. That's Applesauce. pretty much how it worked. Oh, raisinette. Uh, That's, uh, all right, all right. We, got, all right. we got to move on. So, wow, my, this wasn't even a topic to start with. We're just like getting into it. Is this a good time for Micah to tell us about something that's awesome before yeah, we go into our first topic? Yeah, I was about to topic. do that. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, that you, you just got to let some stuff out. It, it eventually needs to happen, gee golly. Uh, but this episode of Disruption is brought to you by our dear, dear friends at Squarespace. You can enter the offer code DISRUPTION at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain name and award-winning templates and so much more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Or maybe you just want to create a blog where you can share all of your favorite non-curse word curse words. Well, Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing you got to install. You don't have to worry about patches. You don't even need upgrades to worry about. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace takes care of all of that for you. They've got 24-7 customer support. And by the way, that's like the real deal. 24-7, award-winning. It's awesome. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are so beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. You don't have to fiddle around with that. Now, I have like four sites running on Squarespace at this point, and I have honestly never had an issue with any of them. A friend of mine recently was on Facebook asking about uh, where she should put her acting uh, portfolio. And, you know, people are mentioning all these other websites that I've seen and played around with. And honestly, they do not live up to what Squarespace is because Squarespace is professional. It lets you get in there and do what you want to do if you want to, or it lets you kind of go hands off and just takes care of everything itself. And I've never seen a Squarespace site go down. Now, Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. Yeah, $12 a month. What is that? Like two coffees or one coffee in the coming year? You can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, because you totally will, use the offer code disruption to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for our show. We thank you so much to Squarespace for all of their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Thank you, Squarespace. CES just happened. Um, if anyone doesn't know what CES is, it is this giant trade show where companies that will eventually release products and some companies that never will release products uh, come and show off their wares to buyers who will you know, put the stuff in stores and also the tech press, like moi, for example. And I was there this year for Mobile Nations, iMore, Android Central, and the like. And you know what, everybody? There was some really dumb shirt at CES uh, 2017. Some really dumb stuff. Um, some dumb sergeant? Some dumb sergeant. Some dumb yeah, sergeant. just a bunch of for. sergeant all over the place. It sounds like you had a forking good time, Micah. I had, I did, by golly, Whirlickers. Um, So, you know, I I ended up putting together this article that was just the dumbest stuff at CES. And uh, Brie happened to cross it and was like, we have to talk about it (laughs) uh, on this week's show, which I was super pumped about because... 
honestly, there there's always, you know, there are some really interesting things, but more and more it seems like you know, the, the companies that are making the really cool things oftentimes are the bigger companies. And those companies can afford to have their own press uh, events later all on their own. And so CES is kind of more for smaller companies usually to show off their wares. And every once in a while, you come across a really cool smaller company. But most of the time, there's just some really uh, silly things. And if I can, I just want to start with one, and then we should break this out into a discussion. Um there was a company that was literally releasing a pair of vibrating jeans. Let yeah. me repeat myself. Vibrating pants. Vibrating jeans. Now, on its own, it might sound fun. <laughs> it might sound interesting. Uh, and, you know, whenever they, they talked about one of the main reasons for it that they see right now is using it with GPS. So one of the uncool things when you go to a new place is looking like a tourist. I don't think anybody likes to be spotted as like, oh, God, that's a total tourist right there. And the, a dead giveaway is like looking at your phone constantly as you make left and right turns or like having this giant paper map out in front of you. And so a lot of people now, they use like their Apple Watch or a different device that will buzz them and say, you go left here, you go right here. Well, now the jeans can vibrate for you. So it's a different vibration for left that's and a different not vibration strange. for right. But let me tell you what's super strange, Georgia. Super, what's super strange, strange, Micah? Because the rest company, of what you just said was, was completely normal. So please go on. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to read this. <clears throat> Unfortunately, the company also imagines a world where students and employees can receive notifications from their teachers and bosses, respectively, in their pants. Because buzzing <laughs> a subordinate's pants is definitely a good idea. I guarantee you dudes are behind this. <laughs> sometimes I hear, sometimes I hear, it's like, you know, I was watching a TV show the other day and, you know, like there's these two girls who are in the car in the middle of the night and there's this noise behind them and they go, oh, let's just get out and look behind the car. And I'm like, a dude wrote this, a yeah. dude wrote this. There's no woman that's going to go get out of the car in the middle of the night when there's a noise behind her car. <laughs> Sorry, Micah, dudes are behind no. that bad idea. I, yeah, I guarantee you're absolutely spot on. I, okay. I didn't have the privilege yeah. of getting like a chance to sit down and talk with them, but I will tell you, um, and this is a little off topic, but I do want to touch on the fact that there weren't a whole lot of women's health uh, companies at CES. Surprise! Uh, but the few that there were, every time I would go talk to them, I was I, like, they were trying to give me their pitch or whatever and one of the first questions I asked them was I want to know about your executive team. I want to know how many men are on your executive team. I want to know how many women are on your executive team. And Luckily, I was really happy to uh, find out that most of the companies that I talked to, the women definitely outnumbered the men. But there was one company where the men outnumbered the women. And I just kind of gave them a look. And they, they suddenly realized they were kind of ashamed just standing there. It's like, I don't understand how a company devoted to women's health has more men on the executive staff. Like, that seems to be a problem. Oh, oh I, um, I, I know why. <laughs> True. I know why. Yeah. Uh, I'm there's, I'll tell you about after the show, Micah. Uh, so, yeah, okay. So some of the, the coolest stuff I saw, now this is very valuable. So just in case while I'm campaigning, uh, at any point I feel like I'm being mind-controlled by aliens, <laughs> there was um, some male underwear that came out uh, <laughs> that protects your 
crotchular area. Oh, I, I think they referred to it as your health, didn't they? In the, your in health. The okay. Okay. So yeah, you could just put that on your head and you'll be fine. Like no, yeah. no radio waves are gonna get in there. It's gonna be great. Uh, yeah, there were there were some really stupid stuff. I want to hear about other dumb things. Uh, another dumb thing. Get ready, everybody. There was a smart hairbrush. Because if we don't make everything smart, then what are we doing with our lives, right? The and this is the worst part of this. This is the worst part. The Wythings Hair Coach, as it's called, made by Wythings. Like that's a company that people know as a smart, you know, device creator. It's a legitimate company. It's not like some fly by night startup that happened to spend money on a booth in the corner of CES. Yeah. They won an award at CES. They won an award at CES for innovation. So this thing has a built-in, get ready, because it sounds like a damn airplane. It has a microphone. It has load cells, three of them. It has an accelerometer, a gyroscope, and conductivity sensors. Basically, it's only missing, like, I don't know, a speaker, so you can use it as a phone whenever it's not a hairbrush. And it is supposed to measure your, your hair's dryness, the damage to your hair, the breakage of your hair, tangling, how you brush your hair, the gestures that you use to brush your hair and how many strokes with which you brush your hair. Now, that's this, important. This, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I try to do 20 strokes um, on either side. And uh, if, if you do 21, then it'll buzz you and let you know. So I understand that, um, you know, beauty often does have some, some interesting, there, there were honestly some interesting smart products that came out kind of in the beauty sphere. But a hairbrush that has all this technology in it that costs you a bajillion dollars and it doesn't work any better than a hairbrush that you can get, you know, at a department store. Um, not to, not to mention the fact that the, uh, little tips on the end of the brush are plastic balls, which I am told by people who do a lot of hair care and care about their hair is really not good for your hair. Um, and they yeah. fall off. I, yeah, I feel like Georgia and I gave this a pretty big takedown on Rocket the other night. We mm-hmm. we covered this a little bit last week, didn't we, on the oh, show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 On this show, yeah. we talked about this very, very briefly, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, good. You know, I'm we glad. can talk about the stupid shower that 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 warms up to your exact temperature and oh, from your Lord from your phone mercy. that you could just walk up and I must have had like a six tweet tweet storm about it because it's just like why is the, that bad. I would use that. That sounds great. <laughs> well, the, well, first of all, because you could save two hundred dollars by walking five feet mm-hmm. over to the over to the shower and turning the thing on and waiting thirty seconds. But you know, the reason that I jump up and down about this is because you have a lot of these fly by night companies that are, you know, that they're not taking the their security seriously necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so every time that you're introducing another Wi Fi radio into your house, like you're expo- you're potentially exposing your network. To uh, you know, to the to things like the Mirai botnet, or your or to just you know griefers who happen to find a juicy target that has a lot of radios inside your network, and it's just like like there was a Wi-Fi pillow that <laughs> I guess it it was a sleep tracker and it would vibrate to wake you up with an alarm. It seems like there's a lot of things that are just having radios put in them because. They can. It, like, wh- is that the quote from Jurassic Park? You thought about whether you could, but you didn't think about whether you should. And it just seems like it's a lot of 
it's it's a lot of wasted expense and a lot of just a lot of insecurity that's going to end up coming from all of this ridiculousness. It's called late state capitalism, you know, like yeah. we're out of ideas. Our needs yeah. have been met, so we get to these crazy gadgets. Yeah, and people find these words hot. Like people, oh, the smart da da da. I've got to have that. People with ex- like expendable income will gladly spend their money on this. At the base price, it costs twelve hundred dollars to put this you by mowing thing into your home, the shower. And you know, honestly, this—if someone were to hack in your house, there actually is a certain security and safety concern here because you could turn up the temperature really high and burns. Like someone's skin could be scalded by this. But even if you didn't get hacked into. I mean, the, the opening paragraph for this that I wrote was, you know what's better than a shower that turns on unfailingly with hot pressurized water? Nothing, but no one thought it could improve the shower anyway. Like, I'm happy with the shower that I have. I go in, I turn it on, it gets really warm. It's a perfect temperature that I want. This thing, like, can tell your perfect preset temperature to a degree, which I only use whenever I'm brewing coffee in the morning. Like, that's the only time I need that level of, of, of uh, you know, exact uh, temperature. So yes, you know, I, I, I get you, Brie, whenever you say like, this is something that you could absolutely use. I think it is pretty cool, but I don't understand why, you know, we have to, why this needs to be a thing in the first place, because whenever it comes to using your smartphone to control all of this, like, are you going to be in the shower using your smartphone to turn off your shower? And then what happens whenever... Oh, that would be amazing. That would be great, because when Frank steals all the hot water, it's just... Oh, You know? Yeah. So so we asked before about if men made the jeans, though. I sent you guys some photos of the pictures from the website of the vibrating jeans. All the women are topless. They don't know how to wear shorts. They have the vibrating jeans, so they don't need to wear shirts. Uh, And wearing, uh, like, so they're topless women wearing jean jackets. Why are there no shirts? They don't wear shorts. Those shorts aren't even big enough to hold their phone. The phone is sticking out so far. There's no room for them to put in the motor for the the vibration. But they forgot, they forgot, they were so busy, like, waiting for the vibrating pants, they forgot to put on a shirt. Just saying, just throwing that out there, guys. Yeah, it's very clear. Maybe they were in a Nerf war and they were trying to be mobile, Georgia. <laughs> Did you ever think that of that? That is true. That is true. This is armor. This is true because that, that they're dressed like most women in uh, fighting games. That's true. That's yeah. a very good point. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point, Bree. See, okay. I do want to touch on one more thing uh, before we move on that I thought was uh, super dumb. And I th- this is just – it's funny to me uh, because it's almost as if you know these, these people thought that we were just idiots, I guess. Um, there's this thing called the Moore USB drive and it claims – so it's a flash drive in and of itself and it's like 64 gigabytes, okay? And it connects to an online service. Think of it like a Dropbox flash drive. So you've got 64 gigabytes of hardware storage, and then you've got unlimited access in the cloud. So you plug this thing in, and you can put as much stuff as you want on it, and the rest of it just uploads to the cloud, and then you can like drag down what you need right away. Everything else just stays up in the cloud. Well, that that sounds all well and good, except they claim that you can access all of your data Anywhere, at any time, even without an internet connection. So I decided to ask them, what in the world do you mean? You mean that I can access data that I had on there from six years ago that I know is not currently stored on thirty-two you know, my, my 32 gigabyte flash drive whenever there's no internet connection. So I can be on a plane and access like a video from six years ago. Yeah. Okay. How? Well, the artificial intelligence <laughs> that we have <laughs> included with this device will know exactly what you need on your flash drive at any time 
And it'll even know things that you don't know you need. So you might not think that you need it, but it'll know that you need it. So I tried to, you know, kind of get more information. It'll know that you need it. Okay. But like, it'll know. It it just knows. It's artificial intelligence and it knows. (sighs) So not only was this only a 3D rendering of a device, (laughs) but uh, they claim that their artificial intelligence knows me better than I know myself. And so the only thing I can think is that they took the spirit of Steve Jobs and distilled it into this flash drive. And that is the more USB flash drive. Uh, so everybody should definitely get one of these because it knows what you need even when you don't know you need it. And uh, that is the tagline, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, Micah, but um, so it's going to stun you, but some technology companies Marketing has more of a say than the engineers that make the product. It's what? really surprising that it's true. You're so kidding me. The person that made those clients was probably just a marketer, and the person that you were talking to is <laughs> like they probably didn't actually make the product, and they're like, I don't know what's. I am so distraught. <laughs> How could they deceive me in this way? Oh, so, so can I count? Can I counter that with mm-hmm. something that is stupid but also awesome? Because oh, I like stupid yeah. and awesome. Stupid there and was awesome. this um, thing from the Internet of Shirt. It's not actually Shirt, but this is a family show. Um, <laughs> with like a compilation of stuff from CES. And there is a mosquito killer robot. So this is Ooh, like a little miniature tank that drives around and shoots mosquitoes out of the sky with lasers. With lasers? I'm good with this. That sounds it's amazing. Like phasers. But is it real? I, I don't know. I mean, is it real? Is anything at CES real or is it just really like a fever dream that's experienced by a million people simultaneously? Because that sounds uh, well, awesome. I would want to watch you that. You would commit bug apocalypse, Steve Lubitz, for your own <laughs> comfort. You would devastate the ecosystem. Those mosquitoes, they're, they're just out there. They're trying to do their thing. They're not hurting anybody. They're just sucking your blood. I mean, come on, Steve. Where does it stop? I think that if we put all wars together, mosquitoes have killed more humans than... And, and you could say maybe that's better for the planet, perhaps. But um, I've heard that mosquitoes actually have no inherent value to the ecosystem, and we could wipe them out with no ill effects. That's a truth. That's a truth. <laughs> but I mean, let me let me read some inspirational copy from their sign. That but with the invention and later application of these laser mosquito killer products, history is there to be changed. Diseases like malaria, dengue fever, and Zika that caused by mosquito bites will get controlled a great deal. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying, George. This. You just want to get rid of all of them. Yeah, you don't even yeah. want them around your children. I, I, I see how this goes. <laughs> Well, that's, why she lives in Canada. that's why she lives in Canada, where it's just too cold for bugs or any other, you know, True. any other naturally it, occurring life chat? to exist. Yeah, it's in bugs the, or most so humans even. Me. So, Micah, should you, t- you want to tell us about something else that's awesome? Before? Our dear friends at Hired are sponsoring this week's episode of Disruption. Searching for a new job can be stressful. It can be scary. It can definitely be time-consuming. Pushy recruiters try to sell you on roles you don't actually want, and job boards make you feel like you're throwing your resume into a black hole, and it's never to be seen again. Sometimes you go all the way through an interview process just to find out at the very end that the salary they offer or the company company culture doesn't really match with what you're looking for. 
for. This is why you need Hired. Hired is the world's most intelligent talent matching platform for full-time and contract opportunities in engineering, in development, in design, in product management, and even in data science. They make your job search faster, focused, stress-free, instead of endlessly applying to companies and hoping for the best. Hired puts you in control of when and how you connect with compelling new opportunities. After completing one simple application, top employers apply to hire you. Yeah, they apply to hire you. On Hired, you receive personalized interview requests and upfront salary information so you can make informed decisions about which opportunities to pursue over a condensed timeline. Throughout the process, your dedicated talent advocate is going to have your back and provide unbiased career coaching to help you put your best foot forward with potential employers. Hired offers access to 4,000 plus innovative employers, including big brand names like Facebook and smaller emerging startups. The size and type of company you want to connect with is totally up to you. They help find new opportunities in 17 major cities in North America, in Europe, in Asia, and in Australia. You open a relocation? Let them know. Your privacy and autonomy in your job search is of utmost importance to Hired. That's why they hide your profile from your current and past employers. You don't have to worry about that awkward moment. The best part? It's always free for you to find your next job on Hired. No exceptions. And they pay you to get hired. Today's listeners can earn double their normal $1,000 hiring bonus by going to Hired.com slash disruption. So yes, you have done that math correctly. You can earn $2,000 for finding your next chapter on Hired. Our thanks to Hired for sponsoring this episode of Disruption and all of Relay FM. I tell you what, that Hired is really cool. And if Sounds I was, great. That's a great idea. I wonder if I can get like rehired by Mobile Nations just so I can get that $2,000. <laughs> Maybe you should hire like a personal assistant and, and do that through Hired. Ooh, and then, but then you'd have to pay the $2,000 probably. Well, you have to so. split it. Yeah. I'll have my dogs you know, apply to be my personal assistant. <laughs> they can both earn $2,000. Hopefully Hired's not listening to this right now. You heard nothing. This is not the scam you're looking for. Uh, Georgia, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, something made you sad. Something um, made me sad. I, yeah, I, I want to I hear about that. I, when Georgia gets sad, I want to hear about it. What's, what's going on in your life? Uh, what do you have to drone on about? Oh. Oh, that was good. Oh. That was good. That was good. I can't even. I can't even give you the golf club. That was actually really good. So, Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> there was the drone. This drone called the Lily drone that I was very excited about because it was a lightweight drone that you would just throw up in the air and it would follow you around and take video of you doing something. So, if you were snowboarding or rock climbing or hiking or running, it would. Um, just video you and it was also like uh, 12 megapixel stills 1080p footage 60 frames per second 10 uh, 720p video 120 frames per second it had a 94 degree field of view this was a pretty sweet light drone and it also had a gps tracker so it ensures that it stays close by it alerts you to elevation changes it was like just so amazingly sweet and for a drone a drone of this caliber it was like pretty cheap too it was like 500 um to like uh like if you get it got it on like kickstarter before it came out or like a thousand dollars if not which is still pretty cheap for this sweet drone so all excited um this drone earned 34 million dollars on kickstarter Whoa. 34 million 
$1,000 on Kickstarter. So everyone was really excited, excited. But now we have found out that the R&D costs have cleaned out Lily's bank accounts. And that means that there is no cash left over to fund the production of these drones. And I don't even know how that can happen unless they're just pocketing all this money. But pre-existing, pre-ordered customers are supposed to get a refund within 60 days. Oh, so you will get a refund. That is what they say. So that that's good. That I mean, as long as it does happen, that is good because sometimes with these, uh, you know, these what am I trying to say? These crowdfunding different products and things, you don't even get a refund out of it. So, you know, fingers crossed that that actually does come through and you do get that refund. Um, but I'm impressed if that's the case. Did they delineate any of the reasons that uh, you know the R and D costs went over? Like, what were the exact reasons for shortfalls there? <laughs> You know what they they really haven't haven't said much about it and and that's what I was going to ask you can so R&D costs are like research and development costs like Bree is it yeah. does this sound at all plausible to you or does this sound like a whole bunch of malarkey cuz to me I'm like I don't know I'm like this sounds like they they misused funds I just don't yeah, get how yeah. you can okay well, I mean, it's not impossible, um, you know, a, a project like this could go over, but it's not trivial. I mean, something I'd ask you to consider is, you know, um, for a lot of for a lot of these companies, you know, drones and FAA regulations, we're still working that out. It's a legal nightmare, as I understand it. You know, you're going to have lawyers getting involved. What if it crashes? What if it falls down? What if it hits someone? What if it kills a kid? You know, what if it uh, crashes into a car? What's the insurance for that? So, you know, those are just like legal cost of doing business things. And then you know, you're talking about tracking software on top of that. Like if you're hiring full stack engineers, it's going to get expensive very quickly. So am I, uh, you know, am I able to conclusively say, yes, this is mismanagement today? No, of course not. Um, it, it certainly seems uh, suspicious, but I would say, you know, there, there are often costs for these kind of products that, you know, it's just not immediately obvious. If they had a working prototype that was fine to build by hand, but they couldn't get the tooling yeah. built for it, oh, that would be... I mean, because there's, there's a difference between be- making one and making a production run, right? Like, I, I know a lot more about software than I do about hardware, but, you know, my understanding is that you then have to get, you know, specific machines to, to, manu- to machine the parts, and you have to have a way to be able to manufacture it in a way that's cost-effective... And will be profitable. And it may just be that they could make it, but they couldn't make it profitable or, you know, based on whatever they whatever they sold it for as far as pre-orders are concerned. Maybe they just couldn't make it for that price. You know, that's I guess that's a because they are refunding the money, which means that they didn't just yeah. take everybody's money and run. Presumably, they, they, yeah, they, they got to true. a point and just decided that they couldn't that they couldn't make it. And which which says to me that maybe they it ended up being much more expensive to manufacture than what they were charging for the pre-order. Yeah, like maybe the legal liability as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, that's it's interesting. If you're getting your money back, like I wouldn't, I don't know. Like, you know, Kickstarter is not a store. You know, like there's risk involved with this. Yeah, because there, because there was that, um, there was that board game that was canceled, right? That like, 
uh, like Madness in Atlantic City or whatever it was, where it just never happened. And then people were suing them to get the money back because they just mismanaged it. And it was a whole saga. But here they're they're giving you your money back. So presumably they didn't just go off and spend it all in Vegas and, you know, put it put thirty four million dollars on black. <laughs> they really don't seem to have been they, what they say. So they, they don't give any actual reasons for it. Um they say that, you know, we were excited with the advancement. We were really sorry. We received great feedback from the beta program. At the same time, we've been racing against the clock for the ever-diminishing funds. Over the past few months, we tried to secure financing in order to unlock our manufacturing line and ship our first units, but we've been unable to do this. As a result, we're deeply saddened to say that we're planning to wind down the company and offer refunds. So that means that they they have kept that money, and I guess they wanted to make sure that they didn't use the money in case they had to refund it. But this was something that I was really, like, really looking forward to. I think that a lot of people really enjoyed the idea of having a drone that would just follow you and take video of what you're doing and you don't have to worry about it. For sure. It seems really cool as a, as a product. And I, I'm sad in that sense that it uh, is not working or, you know, didn't end up working out. I will say I have, at least in the past, done a lot of different Kickstarters and have mostly been, you know, lucky that most of them shipped. But I've had a few friends who've backed Kickstarters that almost always seem to fail. And a lot of times for the longest time, they'd get their runaround like, oh, you know, we're just going to push back the launch date. Oh, we're just going to push back the launch date, you know, six more months, or we're going to push it back two years, or, oh, we're going to ship you this now, but the real product won't be out until then. So ultimately, you know, Brie had mentioned, and I quote, it's not a store. Yeah. And it's really, I'm, I'm happy that you have at least been able to get the money back because sometimes people don't even get to get that far with it, where their money is just gone. And you know that that's like part of the risk of, of backing a crowdfunding campaign. So it's interesting that, uh, the money is going, especially with something that's like a hardware product where they've obviously had to invest money along the way Mm -hmm. in order to even come up with a prototype. So uh, just to, just for completeness sake, that uh, board game Kickstarter that failed and was sued by the FTC apparently was the doom that came to Atlantic City. So I'll have a link to that in the show notes if you're interested in that. But we should should probably move on to our uh, to our thir- third, fourth. I don't even know. I've lost count. Sure. Uh, so, you know, the last uh, topic tonight that we got to talk about. And, you know, we don't want disruption to be all politics. Uh, but, you know, this is a pretty important uh, you know, topic to me. And I know we have a lot of transgender listeners out there. Uh, so, you know, it's come to light in reports that Chelsea Manning is on the short list of people that could possibly be pardoned by Barack Obama, which, you know, was a really big surprise to me since, you know, at, uh, you know, uh, at South by Southwest, the right last time we were there, uh, you know, he was basically kind of blasting Edward Snowden and, uh, you know, kind of talking about the kind of casting some shade at this kind of stuff. So, yeah, Chelsea Manning is someone who just to, to, you know, catch up the entire audience, uh, you know, she is one of the people responsible for WikiLeaks, uh, the first like drought of information that went their way. Uh, this is before she came out of the closet as transgender. Uh, you know, she's been in military prison for years. Uh, and I have to say, it's my opinion, they have been torturing her. 
uh, you know, they've withheld uh, gender transition for her. They've withheld hormone therapy for her. They have been, uh, you know, forbidding her from growing her hair out. Uh, and most disturbingly, lately, uh, you know, they've been throwing her in solitary confinement when, you know, being withheld health care on all these issues has literally caused her to commit suicide. She's had two different suicide attempts. And, you know, they've ended up throwing her in solitary confinement uh, when this has happened. So, yeah, Georgia, uh, before we kind of touch on the social, um, you know, aspects of this, can you, like, talk a little bit about psychology and what happens to people when they're thrown in solitary confinement? Because to me, it seems very clearly cruel and unusual. It is. It's, it's, it's torture. It's not a maybe. We are... It is it is torturous to us and and inhumane. We need to be we're social animals, and when people have been put without being able to have um, human contact, people not only yeah for sure anxiety and depression is is prevalent and like not just common but it is the norm when you're in solitary con- confinement, and that's even after like a week. We're ta- not talking years. We're talking about after a week. People then can start to become paranoid, very, very common, hallucinate, auditory hallucinations, visual hallucinations. Um, we end up with a lot of people that start, like you're trying to soothe yourself. And so, and it's, it's one of these, it's so inhumane because our need, right? We've seen what happened to the Reese's monkeys when we took away their mothers from them and left them alone with a, a, a metal mom to be able to try to deal with just we wanted to find out about nature versus nurture and we ended up finding out what happens to people when they don't have any socialization um, and they're they're not able to even reintegrate or even deal with people and they're it's it's really frightening and scary and it's it's a horrific horrific thing to do to people the things that we do to each other um it's inhumane is it's an understatement it's it was some really serious stuff here, you know. Like Georgia, you're talking about uh, hallucination and things like that. She had this just de- delusions. I don't know how else to put it. I hope it's not ableist to say that, but like this, uh, she wrote this bizarre statement about people breaking into her prison to like poison her and uh, try to assassinate her, and like the guards outside of her cell are faking it. So, you know, like what you're talking about these textbook. Uh, Signs. Like it's it's all there. Uh, and what's yeah. really cruel to me after that is after that happened to punish her more, they put her in solitary confinement again, which is just uh, beyond abusive. I mean, can you even come back from something like that, Georgia? It's a lot of it's it's hard. It's really really difficult, and I don't think that anyone um, can can get how difficult it is to be reintegrated just being in prison is really hard to reintegrate back into society because yeah. it's it's just it, that in and of itself you're being pulled away from the culture and society and whatever you're dealing with and so it's it's really a difficulty we have um had cases of like for young children that are that are given solitary for an extended period of time past the age of 11 reintegration and even just verbal thought and speech and patterns has been almost like there have been a couple of cases of where they've been kind somewhat reintegrated and being able to deal with it but it's exceptionally hard and it's very very intensive and um chelsea is serving a 35 year sentence yeah now just to put that in perspective murderers 
and rapists and child molesters and serial killers often don't get such heavy sentences. So this is like, it's, this is also not just, it's not just the solitary. This is also a really, like this could be for, she might go through this for 35 years. Yeah. I I do feel like I have to say here, like what she did was a very, very, very serious crime. I mean, an extremely serious crime. And, you know, but I mean, if she's going to be sentenced to 35 years in prison, she needs humane conditions. And, you know, something I think a lot of people don't understand. And, you know, if you're out there and you're a cisgender person, really hear me on this. There's not a transgender person out there that I personally know that's surprised that Chelsea Manning made this very poor decision. Because, you know, when you are struggling with who you are, there's very typically, like, um, it's hard to function. Like, there's a reason so many transgender people commit suicide. Because when you're, you know, not able to be yourself, you, um, you know, like, all these secondary issues tend to spring up. Like, alcoholism, drug abuse are very famous ones. Uh, You know, I've seen people that have developed sadism as a side trait. I've seen, it's like, just spin the roulette wheel. Because what you're dealing with is so difficult that, you know, it's not uncommon for other, you know, really big issues to come up. So, you know, she ended up making some extremely poor decisions that put the United States in danger. But, you know, at this point, I really don't think it's plausible that she would live 35 years. And for me, especially as someone who's running for office this year, you know, I do take that national security aspect very seriously. But I don't think you can just keep someone in these inhumane conditions where clearly she's not having her needs met. Yeah, and and even even beyond that, right? Like w- even when she's not in solitary, she's still in a men's prison. Yeah. So it's it's like I would imagine that is still damaging to her because she's in that environment. That's I mean, that's first of all putting when she's in general population. I've I've spent enough. Saturday nights watching lockup on MSNBC to know, you know, that at a minimum what's probably happening and for her to be, uh, you know, a transgender person, uh, you know, as a woman in a men's prison, I can't imagine the kinds of things that are that are happening to her even outside of of solitary confinement and that kind of psychological uh, torture that's happening to her. So I'm going to say something and and you can cut it out if you find it too controversial. But but don't you think that like military operations of bombings and civilians that are dying because of that. Like, don't you think that that should be common knowledge and we should all know about this in the first place? Like, it seems to me that like governments are able to hide behind the fact that no one's going to know what they do. And so there's Mm -hmm. a greater chance that the government governments are going to do nefarious dealings because there is no oversight to that. And my worry and fear in the world is that we're becoming more governments are are opening up personal individual privacies while trying greater and greater to protect their own privacy so that they can do nefarious acts Mm -hmm. where civilians have less and less of a power to be able to have any oversight to that and we all know that any body governing body cannot have oversight over itself and so, yes, it was wrong what she did and no doubt a crime. But I think that also 
I think that the entire government manner of dealing with um, the way that they handle wars and governing is um, there's something wrong with it. I can't agree more with that. I, the, the, the stark contrast to like literally in this situation where I have had a conversation with actually a close, uh, I would consider this person a member of my family where they were honestly questioning why we would offer any sort of, of, of health care or any sort of support to Chelsea Manning. And at the same time are not okay with, with sharing these details that I think that because our taxpayer money is going to fund this, somehow it's okay that, you know, that we keep that a secret, but we don't see offering someone who needs this, this healthcare and needs this support in the place that they're in. That is, I mean, that's why these things are happening and that's why this takes place because the mindset of a large population uh, doesn't understand and can't have that empathy that I think is required. And yeah, I just can't agree with you more in terms of how are we okay with letting uh, these these deeds that are being done be kept secret and kept from us whenever it is, you know, out, we, you know, what America does, at least uh, for those of us who are American, sorry, Georgia, uh, like it falls <laughs> on us. You know, when America does something, that's America and anyone outside of America sees that as America. So if our uh, military is out doing something, that is reflected on who we are in the United States and, and other countries see it as the United States doing that. So we should absolutely have a reasonable understanding of that. Especially, again, as you say, Georgia, the fact that at the same time, the governor, the government wants to be able to have more than a reasonable amount of understanding of what we're doing and get into the things that, you know, are private right now that we're slowly losing our privacy, you know, from. And when, you know, that, there's, there's this disconnect between those two things. And I think that at least in terms of, you know, trying to explain here's why this person should have the support that they need, I think that comes down to empathy. And I think that uh, empathy is hugely lacking, uh, particularly in Americans. Uh, it's, it's obvious by where well, things didn't, are going. Well, didn't Obama say that he was going to try to change the Whistleblower Act so that people would be protected? No, they did. Well, this happened, right? And then I, I think it's. Their mind. I think it's very clear that uh, you know, the 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 structural safeguards in place to you know allow whistleblowers to come forward when uh, you know things are going wrong. Uh, you know, when frankly our military is doing things that we really shouldn't. Uh, I a hundred percent agree with that, but I think it's really. You know, I, I don't mean this is a personal attack at all. I'm sorry if it comes off there, but I think it's it's naive to think the military could operate with everything being transparent. Uh, it's just not the way. If you're saying like there needs to be, I, Georgia, I completely agree that. Um, you know, the government wants more and more privacy, and yet they're becoming more and more opaque. A hundred percent on board with that there. But, you know, especially as I'm looking at running for office, you know, my my heart and my priority is always going to be, you know, the people serving. Uh, but I, I have to say this, too. You know, one of the things with Stephen Lynch is, you know, I'm looking at taking him on. You know, he voted for the Iraq War. He voted for the Iraq War. And it's not his generation that served. I have friends that were disfigured you know, in Iraq serving over there. And, you know, they look at the VA and they can't get health care. So I think if you look at, you know, this entire mess here, I, I'm not going to 
agree with the decision by Chelsea Manning that could release information to put troops in danger or operations in danger. I just can't support that. Uh, but I do agree with you. We need better uh, safeguards for whistleblowers. Yeah. But and at the end of the day, it's it's a it's a separate discussion from what she did and how she's being treated when she's in custody. Like it's not. It do, it shouldn't matter what she did. She has a sentence, and the the, the Constitution has a you know has a clause against cruel and unusual punishment, which it it sure sounds like it's happening here. Yeah, but the 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 the, the prison system is archaic. No, like it's like from the Middle Ages. Yeah, prison but I mean, system yeah. is ridiculously yeah. archaic. Well, I it agree. is. It is. But I mean, at the end of the day, what they're what they're doing to her is because they don't understand or they don't acknowledge what she's going through and how they're harming her. They're both intentionally and unintentionally harming her through having her in custody with the way that she's being treated. And they're, they're basically giving her a death sentence without actually giving her a death sentence. Yeah. Uh, Georgia, can I touch on something you're on something you were talking about, Steve? I'm sorry. Uh, you're talking about keeping her in a men's prison. Uh, I want to give you guys just some, some facts. Uh, you know, transgender people in prison are some of the most murdered and raped population that mm-hmm. there is. You can look at the uh, statistics of how many transgender women end up getting AIDS in prison from being raped, and it's mm-hmm. very, very high. Uh, the 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 likelihood of sending a transgender person to a man's prison and that sentence being turned into a, a death sentence is relatively high. So you know, again, it's. Yeah, this is part of the reason why I'm running for Congress, because I really see um, a cruelty to the way that our, our laws are put together on this issue. And there there aren't many votes to win by standing up and loudly saying Chelsea Manning should be, you know, uh, given, you know, time served. Uh, there's a lot more votes to lose than gain over that. But it's really, really important because, you know, it's... It just is cruel to so, throw someone in prison and then have stuff like this happen to them. Can I can I say something? And it's about a topic that we didn't talk about that's on this. It'll be yeah, really yeah, quick, yeah, but yeah, I just wanted it. to go talk about it. this a while and I'm going to have a small rant. So ah. I think that uh, the other problem with the American prison system is that so prisoners, once you go to prison, you lose the right to be able to vote. Yep. And there's certain states that even after you leave prison, you are still, you still don't have the, you've served your time, but you still don't have the right to vote. And so what that does is it gets rid of them as a voting block. So then they become the forgotten. No one's going to care about it because they have no say. In parts of the way, in parts of the world, like such as Norway, where prisoners still have um, a right to vote, Politicians will actually go to prisons and talk about prison reform because they want their vote, because their votes matter. And so they actually have a say in the way that the world is run, and they also have much better, like, really reformed prison systems with very low rates of recidivism because they're listened to and they're treated like people and human beings instead of um, discarded members of a society, which is never good for any set of society. So I think that we really, and, and Canada as well, we're not, we're not much better. Like 
they can vote. But we're not much better. We're not far behind from that. I think that there needs to be a huge overhaul in the way that we treat people and people that we send to prison. Like it's, it's anyways, that's another, we've had that discussion before, so I'm not going to get into it, but it's just uh, heartbreaking. No, I definitely agree with that. I, it doesn't make much sense, right? Like I, yeah, I'm not a prison expert. I'm not going to pretend to be one. But the the idea of sending someone to a box where they will, yeah, very frequently become hardened criminals because of you know like the social atmosphere that they're in to survive. Uh, you know, we don't rehabilitate them, particularly for drug offenses. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense. And mm-hmm. um, you know, yes, it, it's, and then you have it's a, prisons that you actually um, you actually have prisons where they're paid for prisons, like they're getting money from this. That's, that's a crime. That's just, that's a crime. That's, it's a disgusting thing that you would do that. And it's expensive to keep people in prison and to keep people in prison for, you know, soft core drug use or nonviolent crimes or other things. It's absolutely ridiculous. It doesn't work. It's hugely expensive upon taxpayers um, and it's a burden upon society. And yeah, you're absolutely right, Brie. It just teaches people to be better prisoners, uh, better criminals. And people that are that are nonviolent before can often, especially you know, the amount of people that are dealing with different types of mental illnesses, um, they're they're not taken care of there, and they just it's it's horrific. My father, when he was young, was sent to prison for a felony drug offense, and he got out of prison and completely changed his life around and became one of the most upstanding members of the you know the the city that I grew up in and uh, coached young kids and helped them um, you know not repeat the the things that he uh, did whenever he was younger and uh, did that through sports leagues and things like that. And it is a little bit heartbreaking that a person who is more committed to the community and more committed to society than I would even say like me is unable to uh, vote for the person who is, who is to become president. So it, it it's, it's heartbreaking um, when you do see that there are some people who have changed their lives around and, and uh, despite all of that, cannot still participate as functioning members of society. And when you throw in the fact that, you know, there was once a time when our ancestors were unable to vote simply because of the color of their skin and the fact that they didn't own land, among other things, that just adds to the heartbreak and adds to the level of, of s- discrimination and sadness that's involved there. Um, but yes... Alrighty. Well, um, it, it looks like we are out of time, I would say, for this week. Um, if you do have uh, questions that you would like to leave for us, uh, we would love for you to get in touch. Please do. You can call us at 508-418-3532. That's 508-418-3532. Leave us a voicemail. We love hearing from you. Uh, you can also tweet us at underscore disruption FM. Just be sure to use the hashtag disrupt me. That makes sure it gets to the right spreadsheet in the right place, or you can send us a direct message if you'd rather keep it private. As always, we will default to anonymous, so let us know if it's okay to use your name in our calls. 
Go ahead and review the show on iTunes if you have a second. Remember, you can just leave star ratings. You don't actually have to write out a review, though we do love it when you do. One star works, five star works, nothing in between. You can find the show notes for all the stuff we talked about this week at RelayFM slash Disruption. Thanks, of course, to Relay, our wonderful network. Uh, if you're looking for me online, you can find me at Micah Sargent at most places or go to www.chihuahua.coffee and you can find me there as well. <laughs> St- if you are looking for Steve, Steve, where can people find you? Well, you can probably find me. Well, the the Nintendo Switch is going to be announced in about a half an hour after we record this. So we'll probably have a lot of things to talk about next week. And I will probably have a lot of opinions on my Twitter account at Wicked Good. Oh, no. (laughs) And Bree, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Space Cat Cal, or you can find me at BriannaWu2018.com. Uh, we're going to have fundraising opened up very soon on there. So, uh, yeah, if you want to, uh, please put your name on there. We'll be picking you out soon. Our, uh, i got to tell you, Georgia, I think you're going to love our ads. They're coming oh, out next wait. week. we got the storyboards for it. So, uh, listen, this is how we're going to do it. We are going to make a bet, and Steve, you're going to love this too, and Micah. So we're going to do two salvos of ads at first. The first is on women's issues, and we are going to play clips from all the brutal things that have happened to women in the last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things like the Brock Turner case, things like Ashley Banfield reading the survivor's letter on the air, talking about Donald Trump grabbing by the pussy. We're going to go through and just be brutal about it, about how hard a year this has been for women. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be this really inspirational ad about you know, not just me, but everyone out there standing wow. up, state, federal, municipal, Everywhere, reaching inside yourself, getting the guts to run for office because we are never going to get our views represented as long as, frankly, as dudes in office representing us. And it is, I've never seen a political ad that leads with talking about, uh, you know, sexual assault. Mm-hmm. I've never seen someone start with that. It includes people of color uh, in the stories we highlight and transgender women. So we are intersectional from love the word it. go. Love and it. I'm very proud of that. Beautiful. Steve and Micah, you're going to love this. The other thing we're doing is our first salvo of ads is targeting uh, engineers, blatantly going after engineers. I've never seen a politician start an ad campaign by talking about companies that don't properly salt and hash their data oh my and God. the wow. liability <laughs> that they've got to have. And we are going to, I'm in there and we are talking just dead on with infosec terms. We're assuming our audience understands it. Oh, and wow. what I want is for those engineers out there that know our policies on this stuff suck. I want for them to understand I'm not going to suck because I know this stuff. And I'm hoping that we'll get both of those groups really passionate about the uh, donating money. So will we be able to see these online somewhere like video or YouTube or something? I hope they'll be up by next week. Sweet. Sweet. By next show. I like it. Crap out of that. Yeah. Also, I'm at your website right now, and it looks like you're using Futura as your font, and I'm so pumped about that. I love that typeface. <laughs> Thank you, Micah. Uh, uh, I've like, I, it's literally every day I keep going to like your your Twitter account, waiting to see the signs. I'm so excited to see your. I your I need a graphic signs. designer to help me with that. Um, one of the hard parts is because we're trying to finance producing ads and setting up FEC stuff. It's really freaking expensive, so it's almost to kick me some graphic design skills. I would not <laughs> complain. All right. Well, oh, and, and Georgie, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find, uh, if you're dealing with anxiety and depression, you can check out anxiety-videos.com or on Twitter, it's at Georgia underscore Dow.
All righty. Well, all that's left is for Steve to say that thing he says every week. So, Steve, take it away. Go. We're done. Go listen to something else already. Why do I have to keep telling you this every show? Go. Bye.